Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always. These these are always what I'm afraid of when we're talking. Like, oh, we're going to do an episode after every single playoff game. Having to come on here after a loss like that. the Just going to do my best to refrain myself as professionally as I can. because Oh, dude, I, you don't have to be professional. We're not a professional podcast. I, do, I like to pretend to be sometimes. <laughs> it makes it makes my ego inflated a little bit to there we go. pretend there we go. that I'm a professional. If I pretend enough, people will believe me. But anyway, the Avalanche lose 3-2 to two in overtime to the Seattle Kraken in game four, tying the series at two. And you might look at this and go, oh, it went to overtime, so it must have been a close game, right? No, the Kraken kicked the shit out of the abs in this game from start to finish. Miko Rantanen with the only two goals for the abs in this game. Got very close to doing it all himself, but it just, it wasn't enough. They start badly, a, a start that rivaled game two, which is horrifying to think about <laughs> when, when you consider just how awful they started game two. But the first period again rivals it. They tie it up in the second period, despite getting thoroughly outplayed, force overtime, and it only lasts three minutes before Jordan Eberle wins it on the power play. Oh, man, that sucks. That really sucks. Yeah, um, I kind of forgot what it was like to lose an overtime playoff game. I forgot how much that sucks. Like yeah. we were just five and one last year. Like it was just right, and I wasn't there this time. So how yeah. could we lost? Yeah, yeah, it's it's we were five and one, and you you forget that that's what playoff hockey is like in overtime. It is the most gut wrenching way. To, I, I would have preferred just to lose in regulation than lose yeah, in overtime. Absolutely, like hundred percent. Like just get me out of my misery quickly. Um, but yeah, the, the Abs were just dog shit tonight. Like there, there's no other way to put it. Like they they played as bad as I've seen them play in a long time, and that was just a completely different team than what we saw on Saturday night. Like it was night and day difference of what we saw. Yeah. The, the, the inconsistency is maddening with this team right now and credit to the Kraken. They played a great game. They adjusted. Well, they just fully locked in on McKinnon, Rantanen and McCarr and just made sure they'd had absolutely zero room to work with in this game. McKinnon finishes with zero shots on goal in this game. Rantanen had only one shot attempt before he scored the two goals in this game. Kale McCarr is a whole other highlight of this game that we'll get to. I mean, it's a credit to the Kraken, but the Avs, they just did not play well enough in this game. It's as simple as that. Yeah, they were they were just really bad. And it was what I feared going into this series. If like this was a microcosm of it, is if the stars don't show up, we aren't going to win very many games against this Kraken team. And if you look at the games that we've won in this series, the stars have shown up. And the games that we've lost, the stars have not shown up. Yep. I mean, and you get two goals from Miko Rantanen, again in a game where he wasn't even his best. He's just so talented that you can get two goals from him anyway. You need someone outside of your stars to step up. 
And we have not gotten that once this series. We're yeah, I was just about to ask, have we seen a depth goal? No, we've. Yeah. I, I did this earlier during the, between the second and third period. There have been zero depth goals. The closest thing we have to depth production is Alex Newhook's assist on Kale McCarr's goal in game three. The closest thing you can argue to a depth goal is Devontae's, who is not a depth player at all, not even a little bit. Yeah, it's I mean, Bednar said it after the game, like it's a concern. We'd love to get some some help from them. But I, I think that was both of our fears going into the series is the Kraken's depth is better than the avalanche depth. Their yeah. third and fourth lines are better than the Avs third and fourth lines. And you needed them to step up. And I don't actually like I know the depth didn't score tonight, but now that I'm thinking about it more like O'Connor, Eller and Cogliano had great games. It's just they have no finish. And I like I really enjoyed the way Lars Eller played tonight. Like he's been he's been really good. Zero and, issue with Lars Eller. Lars Eller's been great. We yeah. when we acquired Lars Eller, this is exactly what I said. All defense. There's gonna be no offense. So I can't be mad at him for not producing offense because he's doing what we acquired him to do. If there's one depth guy I don't have a problem with, it's Lars Eller. I th- I yeah. think he's been consistently great through four games. Yeah, and he's 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 doing his role, but I never thought I'd say the day where I miss Darren Helm, but I miss Darren Helm. Like Darren Helm is just an energy bug, and if he can play in Game Five, I, I, I if he plays Game Five, misses Game Six, and then I, God forbid goes to Game Seven, I'll take that. Like yeah, I, would. I don't know. Like even if he is good to go for Game Five, I think you might as well just save him for Game Six at this point. Just, you, do you really want to risk not having him for Game Six because it's guaranteed now? Yeah, I I don't know, man. It, it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting, but the depth has to like they. There were a couple shifts I thought that the Eller line was able to get some cycling going on. They were one of the few lines for the Avs to establish a cycle, but just I think O'Connor had like a like a mini chance on a turnover he, late in the third. He had a good he had a good chance pretty late in the third period. Cogliano just whiffed on a bouncing puck on a turnover from Yanni Gord. Lars Eller, again, when the depth was doing well, it's not a coincidence that Lars Eller was on the ice every time. He's making things happen. He's freeing things up along the boards. He's playing well. Just there's not any finish in that depth right now. And you only play three lines in this game. You look at the – there are three people on this offense who played less than seven minutes, two of them less than six entirely. Newhook played 646. Myers played 527. And Malgan played 502. Like you're not only do you not have depth, you're not even running four lines right now. No, I mean, that's just like, I think that's my fear is we've been doing that like all year, it seems. And I wonder if the fatigue is going to eventually catch up with us um, because they did look gassed at the end of that third period. Like they, they yeah. look gassed. Because in the third period, I didn't think the ads were that bad. I thought they were getting some looks, getting some chances. But as the overtime went on and we're leaning on McKinnon and Rantanen and all the top guys more and more, Seattle started to get the puck a lot more. And they started controlling the zone a lot more because there's just not a lot of legs there. And it's it's just unfortunate because this is the Avs kryptonite is playing like that. And you're getting nothing from anybody else. You got two from Miko. You got some production from your top guys. You need someone else to just go out there and just earn one. Be in the right place at the right time. Get a bad bounce your way or something. It's just there's been none of that. Nothing. Like 
it, it it's going to have to get fixed in this best of three now. As it's a best of three, you, you need to win two. Um, I like we're going to talk more in this episode. Like both of us don't think that the apps are done. Like no, you, there's no. there, there's just too much talent on this team to lose to the Kraken um, four four times. Is it a possibility? And am I thinking about it more and more now after this game? Yeah, absolutely. But I still have the utmost confidence in this team. It's just, it's almost like they they just aren't prepared. Like they're just not coming out with any jump at all. I, I really am out of words for these starts. It is four straight games. This team has not started on time and given up the first goal. You got away with it twice. After a horrible first period in game two, you responded well and had a good game after that. And you finished game three or period one of game three with the lead because you got some stuff to go your way. But even for the first five minutes of that game, they weren't on time. And in this game, again, the Kraken had 11 shots in five minutes. (laughs) It was crazy, dude. Yeah, it was crazy. Now, granted, they did have two power plays in that time as well, but the Avs were not here to start the game and they give up two goals early in the game and did not give up anything the rest of the way. If you just started on time, we're, we're up three, one. It is that simple. Everything else in this game goes exactly the same. You just start on time and give the same, even effort that you're given midway through the second period. Just when you get on the ice to start the game, we're avoiding a lot of these problems. The Kraken hits you early in every game and it just is not getting fixed. Yeah, I I really think I've been saying that after every game now. I really think they're going to come out well in, in the next game. But th- this is kind of like the the coup de gras. Like th- this is where it all comes to a head. If you do not come out in game five and start on time, I we may just have to accept the fact that the Avs may lose this series. Like that's just like it, it, it's going to be tough. The building's going to be rocking, but you got to come out and start on time. You have to. I'm not I'm not even asking you to come out of the third period with a three no, or the first period with a three nothing lead. I'm not even asking for that. I'm just asking for competitiveness when the yeah. game starts. Do not give up a goal in the first seven minutes. That just get out of that. Make the Kraken at least have to work for early, work yourself early, get something generated early, just anything at all in the first period of these games, because th- this is getting absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's getting absolutely ridiculous, but we've already kind of touched on it. Let's let's just dive into the full game recap. Uh, Abs come out slow, take a penalty in the beginning. Who was it even on? I forgot what the first penalty was. Honestly, I've I've mentioned these penalties as like, oh, they came out slow. I really did not like either of these penalties, if I'm being fully honest. Matt Nieto boards Jordan Eberle. Yeah, it's a board, but Jordan Eberle turns himself into the boards and is like, hunched over like face first into the boards as Nieto is finishing his check. It's a very dangerous position to be putting yourself in. Like, yeah, it's a board. I can't fight that too hard, but come on. That's... But they missed one on Lekkanen later in the game. Right. Yeah. Right. Like oh, the exact oh, same am, play. Oh, I am going to get into officiating with this game. I, just, I at least just want to start the recap before yeah. I get into that yet. And the next one on, on new hook, how how is he high sticking him if he didn't hit him in the face and how is the ref behind the play making that call 
You're asking all the right questions, Griffin. I just <laughs> I'm just curious as to how that works because I have not seen that rule where you no. can get called for a high stick if you don't make contact with the face. I just yeah. think that's weird. You you know how I said uh I like to torture myself and spoil the game on Twitter. Uh, that was one of those ones where I saw that and I was like, there's just no way. Like it's a face off. What the fuck happened that we're right back in the box. And sure enough, um, we're right back in the box. And that comes after Will Borgen just absolutely fucking unloads on a shot. Um, I thought your gift was great tonight, but I, this one was kind of, yeah. I would have loved to save on this one. He, yeah. he made up for it. Like your gift was not the reason we lost this game. No. But if he could have made that save, I think that would have been big. Yeah, I mean, Georgiev is the only reason this game went to overtime at right. all. This is the most lopsided it was for the Kraken in shot. I mean, 43 to 22 in shots, guys. Fucking come on with that. And early on, again, did not like this one from Georgiev. I thought that was a pretty weak goal. But other than that, he was phenomenal in this game. So it's really hard to give your goalie shit for that. There's no shit being given, but I would have loved to save on that one. Um, but he made up for it tenfold with the rest of the game he played. So um, go down one nothing. Newhook takes that penalty. And then a guy we talked about in our preview, Daniel Sprong, who somehow had like 22 goals this year, something like that. Yeah, he was good, um, just like a lot of other people on this team. Yeah, he, he just absolutely buries one. And it's 2 nothing in the blink of an eye. Yeah, I mean, on... There's a certain thing that led to this power play for the Seattle Kraken. That's probably worth mentioning in this game. First, before this, the Avalanche have a power play of their own. Yanni Gord with a very strange roughing call on Bo Byram. Love Bo, drawing that penalty and laughing in Gord's face. But the power play consists of the puck getting cleared down and Jared McCann having a shorthanded breakaway. Stopped by Georgiev, goes up into the air, and Kale McCard rushes him into the boards. Now, Hale said after the game that he thought the puck was coming back down. And to me, like I saw that at the time, I thought that's what was happening as well. And that's why he finished that check. The puck went out of play. And this is interference. They initially called it five. They put it down to two. It's really hard to not sound like a homer here. And I'm going to do my best. I think that's the right call. I think that's two minutes for interference and trying to, to put five minutes on that and get him kicked out of a playoff game. I just think that that would have been crazy. Well, the thing is, is I, I think if McCann doesn't get hurt, they don't even review it. But since he got hurt, that's why they reviewed it. Well, because there was more interferences in the game and then they did not get called because there was one, like there was one on Comfer. I was it late in the second or in the third period where he's just getting shoved into the boards without the puck, just completely let go because he's not hurt on the play and it's eh, I don't know the whole thing is just it's a weird play because you don't see Kale McCarr making plays like that Kale McCarr is the last person on earth who's going out there to hurt somebody it looked like to me he thought that puck was coming back down and that he thought that McCann was going to make a play on the puck so he's finishing his check play to the whistle and um, that's also yeah, on the I mean, refs. that's also on the refs too. If that puck's out of play, oh, yeah. you gotta blow the whistle because that's the kind of shit that happens. Right, right. It, it was I. I didn't like the hit. I I agree. It should have been a penalty, but the, there was just no consistency with that call for the rest no. of the game. And um, 
I don't want to come on here and bitch about officiating because the abs did not deserve to win. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I know you do. Um, I, I just, you can't make that play if you're Makar. Like, yeah. I, you get the big save from Georgiev and you give up uh, your one chance to build some momentum and then just immediately it's back to four on four and you just, it's gone. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a play that is just, it's a lack of awareness where he thought that it hit the glass and is coming back down and he finishes the check. Jared McCann is doing the absolute opposite because he thinks the puck is out of play. So he stops. So it's a guy who thinks the play is still going, hitting a guy who doesn't think the play is going on anymore and there's no whistle at all so it's it's a tough break and then Makar goes to the box two minutes for interference four on four the Kraken eventually go on the power play and then Daniel Sprong scores on a pretty nice shot and what do you know the abs are down 2-0 again in the again break. I did you did you think Makar had a good game tonight I, I, I did not think he was very good no, I don't think he did. Honestly, I I think the the hit affected him because oh, yeah. it looked to me afterwards like he didn't want to go into the boards anymore. It looked like he wasn't really I'm not saying Kale McCarr is soft, but after this play, it was noticeable that he was not fighting for the puck all that much. Yeah, he turned the puck over way more than like he usually does. And I know he'll say that the booze don't affect him and like all that stuff. But he, he had a pretty great quote about it. He's like, yeah, I had a dream last night that I was yeah. or something. He's yeah. just like just lovable, lovable human. Yeah. But, I mean, I I don't think the booze affected him. I think the fact that he hurt the guy affected him because yeah. he's just not the kind of guy that wants to go out there and hurt people. And it just didn't seem like he really wanted to go into the boards or really fight for that puck all that much after that. And it was noticeable. I was paying attention to it every time he went into the boards. It was much more of, I'm, I'm going to reach in, see if I can knock this out with a stick rather than, than move somebody off this puck. Yeah, it, it was not Kale McCarr's best game, but for a lot of the avalanche, it wasn't their best game. So we're not going to harp on Kale. Um, but yeah, there, there's a 0.0 chance that he gets suspended. So everyone can take a deep breath. He's not going to get suspended. No, he, like, he, he didn't even get the major penalty. They rescinded yeah. it at the time to a minor. And of all the hits in the playoffs, is this even top three worst? Uh, I don't think so. Right. I don't think so. I mean, it, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see how he responds. Um, but yeah, there's a 0% chance he gets suspended. So everyone can take a deep breath. I would laugh so fucking hard though if we say this on the pod and then tomorrow morning we wake up and it's like he's suspended for one game. <laughs> like I would laugh so fucking hard. It would it would make the rant that I'm going to eventually go on and officiating a lot more valid. But, oh, it'd be but, so funny. Like he's never been an offender before, but he gets right. this and he gets suspended for one game. Like that shit would be fucking funny. Like I I I would laugh. It would, it would, it would be funny. Honestly, like I would just laugh about it. It's like, you can't, you can't make it up what's going on with this team right now and everything that's going wrong. But after this point, I mean, this gave the crack in life. I mean, they scored a goal on the eventual power play and it really brought them physically into the rest of the game. They're finishing their checks on a lot of guys. And it seemed like the abs were just trying to, to get out of this period at this point and try to go collect themselves in the locker room. Yeah, and I don't know about you. I was expecting the Avs to make a push in the second period, and I don't know. Do you like? Do you score that as responding? Like they only had like six shots in the second period. They were just I mean, letting score twice. 
it wasn't as bad as the first period. <laughs> I, I can give it that. The, the second started remarkably slow. I, they just started the Kraken on the power play for some reason. <laughs> I, they were just making up calls at this yeah. point. Like the, the officiating in this game, fuck it, I'm just doing this now. The officiating in this game, I didn't think was very fair. And I don't think it has been very fair in this series. The Kraken had five power plays in this game to the Avalanche's three. And I believe it was six to three in game three as well. It's been a significant advantage. And if the Kraken got called for the same thing that the abs are getting called for, that would not be the case because the Kraken love their hooks and their interferences. It's, it's really making me upset watching these. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it has been noticeable. Um, it, it's just weird because the abs are usually so good at drawing penalties and they just haven't been able to get the whistle this game, this series so far. And like, I, I know Bednar doesn't like to rip on officials, but man, I feel like we were saying the same thing last year. And it's just like, it, it's one thing if you're going to let everything slide, let everything slide. Like I'm cool with that, but they don't. They yeah. don't let everything slide. They call stupid penalties on the abs that put the Kraken on the power play. And then they ignore the Kraken doing the exact same thing. Like the amount of times I counted the Kraken are committing a penalty. Like the this is a penalty. This is boarding. This is interference. And I look up a little bit and there is a zebra with an orange band on his wrist staring at it just stone-faced. Just not even a reaction from him. It... I don't want to get too far into it because there's an entire game to talk about after this. And I'm not going to blame the entire thing on officiating, but I was getting very frustrated with the lack of calls after the Kraken had like four in the first period. Yeah. I, I thought they were like, they came close to evening it up. They came close, but uh, it, it, it it's all we want is consistency. That, that's all we want. Like in the third period, they weren't calling shit either way. Which is fine. If that's how we're going to play it, then fucking play it. Um, and then, like, the one I think about is just Erod gets fucking slashed in the face and the ref's standing right there. And just that's one of the it. ones I'm referencing. Just yeah. staring at it, just stone-faced. No reaction whatsoever. And it was very frustrating. The Avs, after the first period, got the only two power plays until overtime, which should tell you something that it was 4-1 to one in the first period of this game. But... You get out of the first period, it's 2-0 Seattle. It's not the first time we've been here. The second has started remarkably slow for the Avs. It, it takes them six minutes to get a shot on goal on Philip Grubauer. They, they couldn't even get close to him. The Kraken are in every shooting lane, and Georgiev has to make a couple of saves as well. But, I mean, defensively, the Avs cleaned it up a little bit, and they're throwing their body around and not just letting the Kraken throw them around like they were in the first period, but it's it still wasn't pretty. No. I mean, the Kraken have probably blocked 100 shots in this series so far. Like, the amount of blocked shots these guys have is just absurd. They are in every fucking shooting lane. Every shooting lane. It's crazy. Yeah, they just somehow find a way to be in every lane, and somehow every shot just somehow finds its way onto a Kraken player. Even if they're not trying to block the shot, I feel like they just somehow manage <laughs> to block it anyway. They got and magnets always, in their shin pads. They dude. do. They have magnets in their skates, and it just somehow always finds a way to to hit them in the leg. And Georgiev was able to keep them in it for a while and allow 
finally the elite talent of this team to to break through like they should probably once or twice a game, no matter who they're playing. It was a tough, grindy shift in the defensive zone. The puck is just dead along the boards. McKinnon and Rantanen and Erod are just fighting for it on the boards. It comes out. The Kraken actually get it, but they force a turnover. And finally, the Avs have a transition chance on a three-on-two. It's a great give-and-go with Evan Rodriguez and a great move by Miko Rantanen. And he puts it five-hole through Philip Grubauer. And finally, there's a little bit of life in this A game. little bit of life. Um yeah, like you said, that shift, I did not expect the Avs to score on that shift. Like that that was a almost perfect shift for the Kraken. Like they kept that puck. It, it was pinned up against the boards. And here's another thing, real quick. Why, why are the refs refusing just to blow the play dead? Like no one wants to sit there and fucking watch the puck be pinned against the boards for 25 seconds. Just blow it fucking dead. Let's go back to the fucking faceoff circle. I, I've never understood that. Unless it, um, unless it benefits my team, blow the play yeah. dead. Yeah, but it was just – I've never understood that. So you get finally a transition play. The receiving of the pass from Miko Ranson, it wasn't great all night, but on this play it was. And he beats Grubauer. I don't think the puck left the ice. I think nope. it just stayed on the ice the entire time. Um, and finally gives the Avs some life. And they after that, I thought they played pretty well. Yeah. I mean, the Avs all season have been a very momentum-based team. And Philip Grubauer, vulnerable to the five-hole. Probably try shooting at it a little more often. As we've seen it all series. We saw when he was here. He gives up goals five-hole. But finally, the abs get a little bit of life. Finally, they get a friggin' power play towards the end of the period. And even though it's not going great the the whole time after Will Borgen gets a hold call on Miko Ranson, Rantanen draws the penalty, gets the puck, does a little circle, makes his own space, snipes it on Grubauer, tie the game, his second of the game, and his fifth goal of the series in four games, tying his goal production from yeah. last year's playoff run entirely in 23 or whatever games, his fifth goal of the run tying the game at two with 50 seconds left in the second period. So even after the abs have been outplayed for 40 minutes, they're going into the third tide. Going into the third tide. And I, I don't know. I, I had the feeling that it's like, okay, you've played so bad in these 40 minutes. Like if you just have one competent period of hockey, you can yeah. win this game. Yeah, I felt the exact same way. It's like, it doesn't matter that we've gotten outplayed. Game's tied. All it takes is one break from Nathan McKinnon, one depth guy to go step up and earn himself a goal, one bat, like one bad bounce on a Kale McCarr shot to end up in the net. And the third period, I thought to the Avs credit, I thought it was the most even period of, of the entire game to that point. I thought the Kraken had their chances. The abs had their chances. It's the least shit. The abs looked all night. It was the least shit they looked, but I was really expecting them to uh, really come out and just have a dominant period. And that just wasn't, that just wasn't the case. I, I really thought the Kraken were going to get a little tired because they exuded so much energy in the, that first period. And I think that it did catch up with them a little bit near the end of the second period and the beginning of the third, but they just kept blocking shots that were just preventing anything from the abs happening. Yeah. I mean, they just, there was a little bit, I think you're right. A little bit of the Kraken starting to run out of legs, but then the abs started to run out of legs too yep. towards the very end because they're riding their top guys so hard. And there was some depth guys who I still thought were decent in the third period. Again, Lars Eller was great in this game and has been great in his role the entire, the entire series, 
Logan O'Connor had a decent chance, good shot in the third period. That's more than a lot of people can say. And I know Ben Myers got benched, but I kind of liked how he looked in this game. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend to be Jared Bednar, but that's, that's not the guy I would have sat on the bench for the third period. No, I don't think like, I don't think Morgan was that bad either. Like, like it it was just a very weird, like I get, you're trying to go for a three, one series lead and take control of the series, but you also have to take into effect that these guys are human. Like they, they do get tired and it, it, it seemed like there were a couple opportunities that those guys could have gotten out there and take a break. Um, but that's just not the way the game flowed. It's not like, I think every time he was about to throw him out, the Kraken would ice the puck. And then it was like, well, we can't waste a offensive zone face off. We need to throw the top guys out. Um, I don't think it was based on play for either of them. I think it was just the flow of the game resulted in, in that where it's just, you're not playing your fourth line. I guess so. I, I mean, with, Malgan being such a huge depth producer late in the season for him to only play five minutes in this game again like it I really don't think Ben Myers looked out of place in this game he was not drowning out there whatsoever he was doing something when he was on the ice and there was one shift with Alex Newhook when he was out there with Eller and I believe Logan O'Connor that I thought he was cycling the puck pretty well and looked pretty decent on like not world breaking or anything but I still like these are some of the guys that might just go out there and get lucky for a goal. Cause I mean, Cogliano's playing well outside of the, the chance that was gifted to him in the third period. He hasn't really been close to no. scoring. And hasn't. It, as much as I've loved Lars Eller in this series, in this series, scoring's not his thing. Like that's not anymore. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that he's going to need to get lucky to score a goal. And Logan O'Connor famous for not being able to finish we all know this that's not new it's not new um i just saw this quote and i thought it was kind of funny uh hackstall said uh uh a late hit where the puck is out of play i believe the puck is being caught by a fan as mccann is getting run into the end wall he said mccann will miss game five and probably longer he disagrees with the penalty being reduced to a minor (laughs) oh man i would have loved to get his thoughts on the matt dumba hit yeah, I would have loved like to hear that. a lot of people's thoughts on the Matt Dumba hit. Be like, oh, I don't see how this is not suspendable. But yeah. like, oh, what's Matt Dumba supposed to do in this situation? Anyway, not to get too yeah, funny. not to get. I just I saw oh. that quote and I thought it was funny. Credit, um, credit to Dave Haxtall. He stand has, up for his guy. He has been bearable this yes. series. The Avs and the, these playoffs have been full of cry baby coaches. Dave Haxtell and Jared Bednar have been very respectful this series, and he's standing up for his guy. I have no problem with Dave Haxtell in this yeah. series. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, but like you were saying, if it just sucks that those chances happen with those guys on the ice. Like, can you imagine if that turnover would have happened with Miko Rantanen or Nathan McKinnon on the ice? That's probably in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, because um, it, it looked like Yanni Gord made the turnover and somehow got back and blocked the shot. Cogliano totally flubbed it. I mean, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't even hit. This is one of the few times they didn't block the shot. Yeah. Just, completely missed him and just was way wide of the net so we'd we'd play the rest of the third like other than that i don't think the abs had a dangerous scoring chance comfort had a good one late where oh yeah he missed the net so bad yeah so bad ranson had a good rush chance gets it to comfort has some room and just just missed like the kind of things where you're in a game like that where you're not getting anything you have to take advantage of everything you get and I said it out loud at the time as much as I didn't want to believe it. Like, that was your chance. That was the one. 
that was the one. You're not you're not getting that at least for the rest of regulation. Yeah, and they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah, because um, that that was the story of this game. If the Kraken weren't blocking a shot, the Abs were just missing the net and just not even forcing Grubauer to make a save. Because um, I like Grubauer made a couple saves, but it was a lot like Game One where his his life was easy tonight. Like it was so fucking easy. Right, like even the shots that did get through, like they're from the point. Like then, none none of them were from Nathan McKinnon, and only the, the only shots from Miko Rantanen he faced were the ones that went in the net. And you look up and down from everyone else, the only guy who had more than two shots on goal in this game was Makar, and those are point shots. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it, it was a tough, tough game. Um, it would go into overtime vibes were, I don't think, I wouldn't say I was like not I confident, I had but hope. I had a little bit of hope. Um, and in the overtime, I thought the abs were the better team for the first three minutes. I mean, it only lasted three minutes, but yeah. for the, the small time that the abs had the puck, I mean, I, I did the same thing I always do where I'm, I'm filming myself and you yeah. can see like, I'm, I'm nodding. I'm like, okay, I like this. This looks good. The top guys are out there. They're generating something. And then Logan O'Connor completely loses his guy. Josh Manson gets absolutely cooked on the ensuing rush and trips Jaden Schwartz. Avs go on the penalty kill, which has been broken twice before this. It was broken late in game three and Sprong scored it in the first period. And that, that, that was all she wrote. Jordan Eberle with the first Kraken home win in franchise history, their first overtime win in franchise history. Yeah, that was it. There's not, there's really nothing else to say about the overtime. Av started well, bad plays from O'Connor and Manson end the game. Yeah, I, I know Josh Manson's gonna get all the shit because he took that penalty, but I, I really think Logan O'Connor just completely lost his guy on this and left Manson out to dry. Yeah. Like Manson's not expecting that guy to be uncovered going into the zone he's just not and i i don't know what o'connor was doing i don't know if he was going for a change i don't know what like it was a good pass by tanif um i also found it very funny that schwartz sold that trip as much as he did like he jumped in the air like it was a penalty but it was just yeah. funny how much he sold it yeah, um, i mean in that situation i i, I would do a backflip to get that call yeah. if if i feel a stick even touch my skates in overtime, I will get an Oscar for the sell job that I would be doing in that situation. And I mean, O'Connor makes the bad play, but Manson got absolutely burned. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's healthy, man. I don't think he's. 100%. I don't. I don't think he is at all. I, I. I don't know what's worse if he isn't healthy or if he is. There. I don't. I don't think there's any way that he's healthy. But the way he's playing in this series, like he's been an outright liability from. Yeah the drop of the puck on game one, there has been maybe one shift where I thought Josh Manson was passable. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he was terrible in this game outside of that one penalty. Uh, I mean, he only played what, like 11 minutes again? Like, like not enough. He played 12-31 in this yeah. game, which was only more than, than Eric Johnson in this game. And like, yeah, he didn't have any outright mistakes before this, but I thought he looked slow. I thought he was turning pucks over. He just doesn't have his legs. This does not look like the Josh Manson we saw when he returned from injury the first time. He looks like a ghost. And he, like Manson has had his points, even in last year's playoff, where 
wasn't always the best, but he always did his job well. This should have been a game where Josh Manson shined, especially once that physicality picked up. But there were more times Manson was on his ass than he had hits in this game. Yeah, it it wasn't his best game, Um, just like for a lot of the abs. uh, It is concerning when you look at it and it's like, all right, we got four more years of this or three more years of this with a no trade clause. So we're going to have to, hopefully Josh Manson can figure it out. Um, and isn't it weird to say that you miss Jack Johnson? Like, isn't that weird? <laughs> I, I'm at the, I'm at the point where if Jack Johnson is healthy, I don't think Eric's coming out. I mean, I, I think Eric is coming out, but I wouldn't do that. I just don't know how you can put Manson back out there. He's not going to come out, but the way he's played in this series has been beyond brutal. And I would 100% take Jack Johnson in his place right now with no hesitation. Can you imagine yourself saying that a year and a half ago? A, a year and a half ago, I would have slapped myself <laughs> for saying that. I would have I would have been put in a straight jacket. Well, I wonder what's like what happened in this pregame skate that he like got did he pull his groin? Did he roll his ankle? It, like... it has to have been a thing that was there before. And yeah. he was testing it somehow, and it just wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, we need there's a we lot need of there's a lot of mysteries with this team right now that we're just not gonna get answers on. But yeah, I mean, and even on this goal that the Kraken scored, like it was a little bit of bad luck. Like Everly tried to pass it to Devontae or to I forget who was in the slot, like right in front of the net, and it just bounces right back to him after Taves blocks it. Like there's nothing Georgiev can do, there's nothing no. Taves can do, there's nothing McCarr can do. Like that's a scramble play. And the Kraken got the bounce. And I'm not even gonna say oh. that the what? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt this, but I just I have NHL network on. I just got a jump scare from Devin Dubnik, who's who's <laughs> doing who's doing commentary right now. I was like, Jesus, I did not need to see that. That's that just encapsulates this whole fucking yeah. night right now. I get Devin Dubnik in my face when I very yeah. much do not need Devin Dubnik. <laughs> but continue. Yeah, I mean, it was just a bad luck play. And I'm not even going to say that like the Avs deserved to win this game because they did not. They did not. The Kraken were the better team. They deserved to win that game. They deserved to get that bounce. But it's one of those things where it's like, damn, if that puck just goes like an inch or two to the left, it doesn't give it to Eberle right on his stick. And it gives Georgiev a chance to get back to his post. Yeah, it, it was a whole bunch of bounces that go the Kraken, the Kraken's way. It's a pass that gets missed right back to Eberle. And then it goes right back to him again. It's like, what do you want from Georgiev on that play? Or even anyone on the ice, you can't blame the penalty kill for it. It's nope. just, when you take a penalty in overtime, these are the kind of things you invite to happen because crazy shit happens. It's a puck bouncing on ice. Crazy shit happens all the time. And three minutes into the overtime, we don't even have time to, to really settle in and enjoy it all that much. The Kraken win and tie the series. And yeah, the abs didn't play well. But the fact they were that close to stealing it still and going up three to one with a chance to finish this series, it's just like, fuck. And they were, they started overtime so well. That's the part that pisses me off the most is they genuinely looked good. And if they don't take that penalty, I think they win. They looked really good to start overtime. They were moving the puck. They look structured. If they just survive that one chance and don't take a penalty, Honestly, I don't think it lasts that long either. I think the abs can find a way to get one through Grubauer because that's the best they looked all game in just that one-minute stretch. Three-minute stretch, yeah. Um, it's a tough one. Series is still very much alive. Like, the abs aren't done. 
Like, thank God they won game two or else we could be talking we're down 3-1 right now. Um, Before we move to game five, any other final thoughts? Oh, I've got plenty of thoughts on this game. (laughs) Not not all of them are suitable for air, but this just sucks. This one sucks a lot. I mean, Josh Manson, it's a brutal penalty. It's one he kind of has to take, but I don't know. Like, do you trust Georgiev to make the save in that situation? He made the save. (laughs) Rather than... Then taking out the legs, it's I don't know. The whole thing's unfortunate. I think if it was a regular season game, they would have let him go. But with it being a playoff game, I think Mance was like, fuck, I, I gotta take like give my yeah, team a chance. It's, it's it's desperation. It's like, fuck, I just got burned. I cannot be put on the highlight reel. I need to get this puck away. And now I'm in the box. Tripping. Yeah. It's the whole kind of thing. I mean, and we can talk about semantics all the live long day. What if this happened? What if that happened? The fact of the matter is the abs did not play well enough to win this game. It is not acceptable to get this kind of performance in the playoffs for a second game where game one was not a playoff caliber performance. You started game two badly, but you, you pulled it out and got a win. And game three was the closest they came to a full playoff performance and they got a nice win out of it. This one, this can't happen. Can't happen. I completely agree. Hey, everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops options with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And even if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back up to $10. The Nuggets going up against the Timberwolves this week. I've got a future for the Nuggets to be winning the entire thing. Get in on the action right now at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Now, back to the episode. As we move to game five, I'm hopeful. Um, I I think they're going to come out and play their best game. I really do. I, 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 I just certainly hope so. I, I just, I don't see this happening five times in a row. I just, I mean, I didn't see it happening four times in a row. I was going to say the same thing. I said it after game three. Surely the fourth time is the charm and they can come out yeah. better. I need to see it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to predict they're going to have a good start because they haven't earned that from me. You got to just go out and fucking do it. I'm not going to go out and predict anything for you. You have to go and do it yourself. But I mean, you look at where the abs are at right now where I tweeted out a poll before the game where it's like, who would you rather have second line left wing? And the options were Matt Nieto, Dennis Mulgan, Alex Newhook, and Logan O'Connor. And I hit tweet on that. And I was like, boy, yeah. I, don't, I, was, I don't want anyone to win this poll. There's, no. there's really no solid options here. Uh, this team is battered right now, especially on the wings. We don't know what's going on with Val Nachushkin, and we're not going to speculate what's going on with Val Nachushkin because it's none of our business. It is his personal business and his alone. But I'm operating under the mindset for now until we hear something different that he's not going to be back. 
And I'm just going to continue to run ahead with that, which means that Matt Nieto is now the second line left wing. And I want to be as optimistic as I can, but holy shit, what a downgrade from last season where your second line is of any any combination of Kadri, Burakovsky, Nachushkin, or Lekkinen, or whoever the fuck you want on that second line, which was just ridiculous. And you have Comfort, who's been okay in this series. I and, think he's given me exactly what I thought he was going to. Yeah, it, he's he's JT Comfort. Yep. I watched JT Comfort playing in this series, and I go, yep, that is JT Comfort every single shift. He's exactly what we expect he is. And Miko Rantanen is doing his best to, to inject some life onto that line. And Matt Nieto's trying. Like, he really is trying hard, but the guy does not have the talents to be playing with Miko Rantanen but he is the safest choice because who else are you putting up there? Cause two of the options I just listed did not play six minutes in this game. Yeah. <laughs> they tried with Dennis Mulgan. I, you have to, you have to go with Nieto. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of my exact sentiment going into game five. It's like you did it once and we said it after game three, this team's not going to go anywhere without Val Nachushkin. They, they just aren't. And, and you're already without Landeskog. And now you're out with, with your only other big body on the top six who can get this is a net front presence. Um, and it felt like in this game, I don't even know if that would have made a big difference in this game, but he definitely would have fucking helped. It wouldn't have hurt to have that <laughs> in this game. It wouldn't have hurt to just a second line of any combination of Landis Gog and Val would have been a massive contributor in this game entirely. But I mean, Right now, I just I cannot allow myself to focus on the rounds beyond this right now. Get out of this series first, and then we can talk about that because chances don't look great right now, and you still have to survive this series. You are tied at two in a best of three with a team that is just giving you everything they've got, and they're deeper than you. And you got better goaltending than them. We've seen in the last couple of games, Georgiev has been better than Grubauer and Grubauer has been weak at times, especially in, in these last two home games, but it's going to be a fight all the way down the wire. I mean, there's, there's no more time to waste. There's nothing left to figure out. You just got to come out in game five and you have to win. Because yeah, then you're talking about you have to win on the road in game six, and then you have to win game seven. I'll say it like if they don't win game five, the series is over. I'll say it right now. I, I just don't see a way that they can they can pull it off. Um, they have to win game five. Like I'm getting major Vegas vibes. Remember that second round series against Vegas where it's like so do, do I do I remember the Vegas series, <laughs> Christian? No, I don't. What happened? Please. I didn't know if you wanted to uh like do I do I want <laughs> do I want to talk about it? No. Do I remember? Unfortunately. Yeah. I that that's where I'm feeling right now. And damn you, Ryan Graves, for just getting that chop block. But yeah, okay. Sorry. Deep dark part of my brain that I pushed away. I think they're gonna win game five. I really do. I think they're gonna come out. They're gonna have a good performance. I think McKinnon's gonna make up for a shitty game he had tonight by his standards. And I think Kale McCarr is going to have a fantastic game. I, I really think the abs are going to come out in this game five and they're going to, to win it. 
Uh, do I think that they're going to win game six? I don't know. I, I honestly think the series is going seven. I do. I mean, I, I'll I'll let you know my thoughts on game six when we get there. I mean, I want to see how they come out in game five because if they start slow again, we're done here. I mean, this is just, if you are not getting the message at this point, like I, I get it. The Kraken have depth and they try hard, but holy fuck, make a pass. Yeah. Holy God, finish your checks. You don't have to wait until the second period. I promise the game will still be there. You yeah. can start on time. It's okay. I don't know what they need. I don't know if they just need to not go home before game five and just need to simulate the experience by sleeping in a hotel but someone needs to figure out the secret sauce with this team to, to get them to start on time. Cause they, they can, they can play the way they did in this game. If they just started on time, they would have gotten away with it. Here's the thing. The abs still have the ACE in the hole. There's going to be a game where, whether it's game five or game seven, where Landeskog is going to be featured on the jumbotron at some point. A la Joe Pavelski in that second round series where they just showed Joe Pavelski like he was a fucking war hero. Um, and he was just waving the towel. They're going to do that with Landis Scott. They're going to. And tell me if I'm crazy. And this is just a 1 a.m. thought for me. What if they just have Landis Scott suit up for a game? Like you're already rolling with three lines anyway. Like let him sit on the fucking bench. Yeah, the just, let him sit, like, just let him sit on the bench. You don't have to play him. He's yeah, just, like, just kind of there. Like you're already rolling three lines. Like yeah. why the fuck not? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe he goes out there for a power play and can figure out how to skate and just stand in front of the net. I don't. Yeah, you don't have to skate. You just win the draw, and he's just parked in yeah. front of the net, just not even moving an inch. Right. Like it, I, I, I know that that's the craziest thing I've ever said, but it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But it'd be cool if it did. <laughs> it'd be very cool if it did. It'd also be very cool if the series was over and we swept. Yeah, I would love that too. It'd, yeah. be cool. It'd be cool if they just said, you know what, we've seen enough. The Kraken, uh, we've proved enough when we give up and the abs just move on now. I think that'd be cool too. Yeah. Yeah. You're 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 really Debbie Downer tonight, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Why would that be? Did something happen? Oh man. I've never seen you this way. Well, I don't think I was even I don't think I was being that bad. I know. I'm just kidding. I, oh, I can get you want to see you want to see me get friggin' Debbie Downer. I can get Debbie Downer. No, right we now. don't need that right now. I got enough going on. I don't need more Debbie Downer in my life. Um, but let's get your uh what's your game five prediction? Uh I think the Avs they're gonna play 60 minutes because they have to. There's no other choice. There's no more ways to be cute in this series. And I think they're gonna win it four to two in regulation. I think they're going to get good performances from their top guys and someone in the bottom six is going to score a goal. That's my prediction. My bold take is someone that is not on lines one or two or a top defenseman on this team is going to put a puck into the back of the net somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it, but someone's going to do it. And just because he's been playing so well, I'm going to say it's Lars Eller. All right. Fair. I like that. Um, I think it's another overtime game. And I think the Avs win it three to two in overtime. Oh, you just want me to die, don't you? <laughs> no, I'm gonna die, man. I'm gonna be at the game. I'm gonna fucking be miserable. Um, so we'll have to see. But I, I do think the Avs are gonna take a three-two series lead. I do. I, I do. I agree. I think they're going to go up three to two in this series. And if I, I know I said I'm not gonna predict Game Six, but I think they're gonna win that too. You know, they're gonna win Game Five and they're gonna win Game Six in Seattle. I. I still believe in this team because, again, 
they have shown that when they play their best, the Kraken can't match that. But Correct. when they stop playing their best, the Kraken suddenly can match that. I wonder how that works. And like, yeah, the Kraken are playing a great series and they're very strong on the puck. They have a very strong forecheck and they're in the shot lanes. That's not anything groundbreaking. Like it's the playoffs. Teams just kind of do that. And the Kraken are just good at it. You should be able to find a way to break through. You're going to get, you could break through Tampa Bay. You can break through Seattle. Right. And if you're going to get a goal or two from your top guys, that's going to happen. It's happened in every game. You get something from your top guys. Someone in the depth needs to do something. Otherwise, they're not going to win this series because right now we are back in the wonderful times of 2019 where it is just Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and this time not even Gabe Landeskog against the world. At least back in those days, there were three guys on the top line that you could reliably count on. And Rodriguez has been great. And I still think he is so due for a goal in this series, but it's it's not the same. I don't need to say that, right? Uh, it's just, I miss Landeskog, man. I miss Landeskog. I miss Big Val. I miss Kadri. I miss, I miss a lot of things, man. Yeah, Berkey. I, I miss a lot of things. But like you just said, this team, we've seen in the series, when the Avs play their best, the Kraken don't stand a chance. They don't. The problem is you haven't played your best for 85% of the series, and that's why the series is tied at two. I think we're going to see a full 60 minutes. I think we're going to see a very similar game to game three. I really do. And I think the Avs are going to win this game. I really do. Yeah, I agree. The Avs have shown that when they play well enough, they can win. And with Philip Grubauer in the other net and him showing flaws, when you play your best, you'll win the game. It's that simple. If the Avs lose this series, it's like it's been forever. If the Avs lose this series, it's their own fault. It's not because the Kraken are this this depth juggernaut that is just the Avs kryptonite. I mean, maybe they are, but when the Avs play their best, they they can't beat them. It's exactly how it's always been. They have enough left on this team right now to win this series right now. I'm not concerned about two or three or the final right now. They have enough to win this series right now. When you have those guys at the top with McKinnon and Rantanen and McCarr, you just need a little bit from your bottom guys. Not, I don't need two goals from Dennis Mulgan in this game. Just give, give me an assist, man. Like get get me something. Get me some shots on goal. Someone just go out there and earn one on a hard shift. Stand in front of the net, deflect a puck, steal a puck on the boards, and just grind one into the back of the net, man. Yeah, that's what they need to do, and I think they're going to. I think we're going to see big time performance from Kale McCarr. I I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. I think Bowen Byram's going to score a goal. And we'll we'll go from there. Um, but I'm feeling good as good as I can after that performance. So we'll have to see what game five brings on Wednesday. Um it really just threw me off that it's it's showing on my computer that's Tuesday, and I was like, wait a second, it's one o'clock in the morning. So welcome, welcome <laughs> to my experience where I'm always recording in the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. It's, but, been, it's uh, been Tuesday for three hours for me. Jesus, dude. Um, let's do Quick playoff recap for the rest of the league. Uh, stars even the series. Oh, well, let's go the way we've been doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Start at the top. Yeah. Bruins kick the shit out of the Panthers again. Um, that series is over. Yep. It's over. Like, yep. like 
Bobrovsky wasn't terrible in this game, but the Panthers just the Bruins are too good. Yeah. That, that one game too was awesome, but the, the Bruins are going to win that series. Yeah. I mean, the Panthers show that the Bruins can be beaten in a game. Yeah. That, that's the only thing they've shown in this series. And even without Patrice Bergeron, the, they handled them like this. This game was not interesting whatsoever. They just, I mean, you had the fight like Omar trying to fight Kachuk at the end. Yeah. Was cool. But I mean, like it's because the game was over yeah. and Kachuk's just trying to do everything he can. The Bruins are going to finish up this series in game five. Maybe the Panthers have a last gasp in them, but I just, the Bruins are too good for them. It has been Matthew Kachuk and not a lot else for the Dude, Panthers. Barkov has been a no-show in yeah. this series. Like, he's been so bad. And it's you can't even rely on Alex Lyon right now and him just being a savior that comes out. It's Bobrovsky in that now. I mean, is Bobrovsky going to win three straight games to knock off the 65-win Bruins? Maybe four years ago? Maybe. 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 Or maybe now that I said that, now he has a chance. But if the Panthers can force game six, they should hang a banner about it. They uh, should. The Bruins are going to wrap this series up. I, I really don't have a lot to say about this game. I mean, I just stopped yeah. paying attention to it pretty early on. Yeah. I mean, I bet the over, so I was I was watching pretty vehemently till the end. Um, but yeah, Bruins are going to win that series. Move back down to the Atlantic. The surprise, like, is it even a surprise? At the, I think because it's the Leafs, it's a surprise. The the way they did it yeah. is a surprise because this is a little different. For They won two straight overtime games in Tampa. Game three, there, it comes down to the final minute they tie the game. And then the Leafs have a four to one comeback in yeah. the third period and then win the game in overtime. This isn't supposed to happen no. this way. It isn't. I mean, you got to the Leafs, man. Credit you to the give, Leafs. You got to give credit to the Leafs. And honestly, I know a lot of us hate the Leafs, but that, that's kind of cool, right? <laughs> that, that, that they finally come back from down four to one and win a game in overtime. I mean, you have to feel, even if you hate Leafs fans, the emotion that you saw on a lot of those reactions was genuine catharsis and disbelief that this is going on with this team right now. Do they not have a little storybook about them right now? And it scares me to say it, but I think they do. But like, I think they really, do. they're they lost game one bad. Like, and people are like, here we go again with this team. And they to go up three one in the series, they come back from down four to one right now. And potentially- but also. Pure comedy if they blow a 3-1 series lead. No matter how you slice it, it's very funny. No matter what happens from this point out, it is very funny. Because if the the Leafs do get out of this, waiting for them on the other side is is probably (laughs) not just Boston. The 65-win Boston Bruins. It's going to be a hell of a series. And you know what? If the Leafs finish this off in Game 5, give me the Leafs in that series. I'll, I'll I'll ride the storybook to the end. I will. I, will too. I, will believe. I hate that I'm kind of jumping on their bandwagon, yeah. but I'll, I'll believe in in the Disney Leafs this yeah. season that they'll be the team that knocks off the best regular season team we've ever seen, and they ride it to a, a Stanley Cup. Yeah. As as annoying as that would be, this is the only time that it would be even remotely tolerable. Yeah, because they'd be the underdog. So I'm shocked. They're up three one. Does it kind of feel like they have to win game five? If they don't win game five, I mean, yeah, it's going it to get like they have to win game five. It's it's where the Leafs are at right now. It's like, okay, we're up three to one and we just had that. And that's great. 
if we lose game five, oh, yeah, all of a sudden we're going back to Tampa where we've had to come back twice. You got to win game five. Yeah. And dude, Vasilevsky looks like dog shit, man. This like, is the worst. You're getting outplayed by Ilya Samsonov, dude. This is the worst series Andre Vasilevsky has ever played. Statistically, the worst series he's ever played. He's been bad. And I keep waiting for him to figure it out, but he's he's not figuring it out. Like, I literally blinked. I came down to make some dinner when they were up 4-1. I was like, I'm going to eat something before the Avs game. And then all of a sudden I look at my phone. My dad texts me and goes, damn, the Leafs really came back. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was 4-1 with 10 minutes left. Like, I thought that game was over. Yeah, um, the thing that pissed me off about this game is because because the Leafs came back and won, it was all the, oh, 11 straight road teams have won over the last little while. Like, you fucking rats are going to jinx this for us and that's exactly what happened so as cool as it was to see the Leafs do that I was like and here we go now it's the the abs can make it 12 straight road wins for road teams over the last little while and of course doesn't happen that way yeah speaking of road teams as we pivot to the next series the out or the the Hurricanes won a road playoff game good for them the Islanders look shit in this game yeah they did. They looked really bad. Um, but good for the Hurricanes. They they won a road playoff game. It took eight tries, and yeah. you want to you want a road playoff game, and, and they, they looked that series good. Is over. They looked good doing it. Yeah. If the if the Islanders were not taking advantage of the road record, it's it's done. I mean, may, maybe they can win Game Five, but the Hurricanes are 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 very good at home in the playoffs. So we said first team to win a road game wins the series. Hurricanes won a road game. They're going to win the series. That series is over. Uh, that, that's going to get wrapped up tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then for the final East series, the one that we all thought was over after game two, well, look at these pesky devils, man, finding a way to go into MSG, win two games, and with their rookie goaltender, outplays Igor Shosturkin in both games. Yeah, the, de- the Devils steal an overtime game in game three and have a shockingly good performance in game four and when they were great they were great i did not think the devils were going to be a defensive juggernaut against the rangers but the rangers power play has gone ice cold oh for 10 i believe or at least might even be more after that but when they showed it during the game it was oh for 10 since the last one they scored in in new jersey and I mean, Jack Hughes, like that, that is a playoff. He kicks ass, man. That's a playoff performer. And that is a scary guy to be that young on that team. I mean, I still think the Rangers are going to win this series, but you can't feel good right now. They <laughs> scored two goals on home ice, and the Devils, they only scored five. Like, it's not, yeah. they scored two and three. But I, I can't believe Jonas Siegenthaler scored this goal. Because he was scratched in game two, which is such an insane decision from Lindy Ruff to ever be scratching Jonas Siegenthaler. But he gets the game winner in this game. I mean, the Devils gave them nothing. This was like a boring game to watch. Like, yeah. there was nothing going on. Yeah, it was another game where I was like, okay, I can just go make some food. I'm not going to miss anything in this game. Um, but credit to the Devils, man. Like, it's the total opposite of the Islanders and uh, Hurricane Series. It's the first home team to win a game is going to win this series. <laughs> The first home team that wins a game. Um, that game five is going to be electric. That's going to be a blast. Um, we knew this series was going to be good, and it's lived up to the hype so far. I still – I agree with you. I trust Igor Shosturkin more than I trust Schmid. But good for the Devils. Man. Like everyone – like we were expecting that to be a sweep. And yeah. all of a sudden, 
I mean, and to, and to our credit, this series was not close. After, no. I mean, the Rangers destroyed them in the first two games. Like it was, it was embarrassing how bad they beat them in the first two games of this series. And like, even if the Devils got a split, it wouldn't have been enough. But they played exactly how they needed to. They played tight playoff hockey. And Schmid came in and saved their bacon with 30 or 35 saves in game three. And they played much better in front of him and only needed 22 saves from him in game four. I mean, we've, we've got a series. And even if, even if individually these games haven't been super entertaining game five, I think that's going to break that trend. I think oh, yeah, that's going to be electric. That's going to be a great game. It has to be. It's been yeah, you just got a bunch of angry New Yorkers and New Jerseyers just yelling at each other. It's going to be electric. Oh, it's the best. What I wouldn't be to be a, a fly in the train on the way over. Oh, the le- the security team is hating their job going into that game. Hating their job. Are they, are they even going to do it or are they just going to join in? Yeah, it's possible. Because like, like, what are you, realistically, what are you going to do when when your section breaks out into a New Yorker versus New Jersey brawl? You might as well take your side. Yeah. I trust the Jersey people more. That's just me. But uh, that's turned into a good series. Um, surprising, but it's turned into a good series. We'll pivot to the West. Vegas takes care of Winnipeg tonight. That series is over. Vegas up 3-1. Hellbuck was not good tonight. He just wasn't. Um, and we have good – I mean, Vegas, they're, they're going to win that series in five. I'll be shocked if it goes six. I, I, I'll be totally honest. I did not watch second in this game. I did not – You didn't miss it. much. Hellbuck was bad. didn't miss much. I still feel like Winnipeg really missed their chance in game three. Oh, yeah where they come back and they have that huge comeback and Brassois just keeps Vegas in it long enough for the momentum to finally die down and eventually they get the OT winner. I mean, and Vegas looks better than I thought they would. And the Jets, they kind of look like I thought they would in this series, but Hellebuck has just not been... He's been okay. I mean, the, the Jets are hanging in every game like I thought they would. I thought they'd steal another one at this point. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, see the series go past five, but Vegas is going to wrap this up. Oh, yeah. I should have trusted my gut. I changed my playoff prediction. Did you, did you change it to the Jets? I did after game one. I trusted oh. my gut. and That, that was a mistake. Um, but, yeah, that series is over, Vegas. You do that every year. I do. And I, don't it's know, I still don't know why they let us do that. Because I know. I changed, my let me change I changed my Islanders pick to the Hurricanes. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, nope, the Anders are shit. I shouldn't have yeah. done this. That, 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 I wish they would have just been like, it's locked. Um, should be. A, should, should be. Why yeah. do have to change it once it starts? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that series, Vegas is going to win that series. Um, and then the other Pacific Division series is turning out to be a barn burner as well. Uh, it looked like the Kings were going to go up 3-1 in the series. They were up 3 to nothing. The Oilers pull Stuart Skinner, put in Jack Campbell. And Jack Campbell was good. He was good. Jack Campbell was great. And and the Oilers, they battle all the way back. They tie the game before even the end of the second period. The Kings take another lead. And then Evander Kane ties the game. The Kings were missing too many chances in the third period. You you could tell after a couple they missed. You're like, "Mm, they're going to tie Oilers are going to tie this game. That's exactly what happens. Evander Kane, who is, he's playing through some injury. I mean, I don't like I don't like Evander Kane, but he's fighting through some stuff right now. Goes to overtime. Great overtime. Fantastic oh, yeah. overtime. And Zach Hyman just beats Corpus Allo on a rush chance. 
and the Oilers tie the series and probably save their entire season because they go down 3-1 and lose this series, that is not a pretty offseason coming no. up. No. This team's healthy, too. Like This is a, like one of the healthier teams in the West. So that series, I, I'm fully expecting the Kings to win game five and then the Oilers win game six, and it's just going to be deja vu, and then McDavid scores in game seven, and it's that's how I envision the series going. This is shaping up to be one of the best series of the last yeah. several years. I mean, we've three games go to overtime already in this series. You've got controversy. You've got McDavid's not at the superstar level that he has been, but Dreisaitl has five goals in this series. I mean, this is exactly what we hoped this series would be. Whoever wins this series, like has a real legitimate chance to win the cup. Even if the Kings come out on top here, like they've shown me enough that like, I think they can beat Vegas. I oh, think hundred percent. I think they could they can beat whoever comes out of the central. Yeah. My question to you about this whole first round, has any team really raised their stock in your opinion? Where you're like, Oh, I did not see this coming. They're definitely like climbing my leaderboard for who's going to win the cup. I mean, I was high on them going into the playoff, but Toronto has surprised me a little bit. Yeah. That's like, to me. That's the only one. Yeah. Like Boston's looked okay. Boston, uh, Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Toronto has been great. I'm a little surprised by the Oilers, but also like, it, it, I don't think the Oilers are playing bad in the series. They've just not put the Kings away. Like this could have been a four Oh sweep for the Oilers. It could have been, but they haven't been able to put the Kings away. Um, Vegas stock has gone up for me a little bit, especially after game one. I think Vegas's stock has gone up. Uh, but yeah, like you said, no one else has really surprised me. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. I mean, every series still feels, not every series, but most series feel so up in the air. At this point still, you've got how many? I mean, there's, there's only two of them that are over. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've got an even split between three to ones and two twos so far. Yeah. And not all of those three to ones are going to get finished in five. There's a couple of those that are going to get forced to six and maybe even potentially seven. This is a phenomenal first round. And we should oh, yeah. talk about what's probably been the most must-watch series of the first round. Dallas ties the series at two against Minnesota. And what was a pretty low-event game for most of it, but Dallas just kind of ekes it out. And Minnesota is not happy with the refs. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we just went on our rant earlier. Um, well, no, only I'm allowed to be mad at the refs. My, okay. my worldview is objectively correct. And my team is the only one that gets screwed by officiating. And it's funny when teams I don't like get screwed by officiating because yeah, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch much of this game. I yeah. didn't. I, I, yeah. I, like Jake Ottinger was great. I saw that. Like he was really good. He made that big save on Johansson with less than a minute left. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I, I didn't really watch too much of it. I'm going to be honest with you. Got a little bit of other stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's perfectly fine. And yeah. I mean, in, this, in this game as well, I was exhausted for this game, so I don't even remember a whole lot of it as well. But it's Jake Ottinger is just such a monster. Such a monster. He is the reason Dallas is in this series at all. Oh, yeah. Because Minnesota's playing well. Like They're getting good depth scoring, and they, they're playing physical, and they look good as much as it sickens me to say. But they take dumb penalties. As much as they want to complain about the refs, they take dumb penalties and they do. Dallas's power play has been cooking in this series. They get two power play goals and they get a goal from Evgeny, Evgeny Dadanov, who's got three goals in this series. Credit to him. Solid deadline acquisition for Gary Yanov. And this is, this is going seven. 
I would done to see <clears throat> stunned to see this series wrap up in in six games for one of these teams to win both. I mean, this is such a good series. I think the Stars are going to take Game Five, but this is going to go right down to the wire. And we've got yeah. our we've got our own shit to worry about. But that is phenomenal news that this series is just such a shit show. You think there's any way that if uh, Dallas wins Game Five, Flurry starts Game Six? I hope to God that that happens <laughs> because that would just it would make my narrative so complete. Yeah, he's he's actually no, it wouldn't. It would make more sense for Gustafson to be a net for my narrative because Flurry's not in the net when the Wild lose ever. <laughs> but I mean, I think Game Five is going to be a barn burner. And if Flurry comes in for Game Six, that would be very funny. The speed at which I would take the Stars money line is crazy. This goes back to Dean Ebbetson punting Game Two. Like, why did you punt Game Two? Like, it's just a dumb decision. Dumb, Sat- dumb decision. Satisfied with the split, he was yeah. happy enough with Game One, and everything else that's gone wrong for the Wild in this series is, according to them, not their fault. Nothing is ever the Wild's fault. According to the Wild, they've never done anything wrong in their lives. They've never taken a penalty. They are the victims of everything. Did I see that Pavelski was skating again? I, If he was, I missed it. Yeah, I could have sworn I saw it. Maybe I was wrong. But we'll see. That, that Like you said, there's a lot of good playoff series. I was wishing the Avs would have just been quick and over. Um, but we were so spoiled last year, and... This is what a playoff series actually feels like. This is what playoffs like last year was just such a magical run that I've just been just expecting it. And that's just not going to happen anymore with this team. So going to have to fight our way through, but man, game five on Wednesday is going to be huge, but I, I think they can pull it out. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is the last time we've had a series tied at two since Vegas, right? Cause yeah. We're- Cause we were up three, one on St. Louis and Tampa. Yeah. So it's it's even been a while since we've yeah. even been been pushed to that point. I mean, what was what was even the last one before Vegas? Because it wasn't Dallas. We were down three one in that series. Yeah. And it was it would have been it would have been San San Jose. Yeah, it was so like twice ever before this yeah. we've been tied two two in a series. So game five, bold take, gonna be important. I think the abs are gonna win it if they show up. That's that's what matters. Completely agree. We need the abs to show up, and if they do, the abs should win this game. Yep, completely agree. So unless unless you've got anything else, I think I think we're good to wrap this here. Yeah, it's 1 a.m. for me, uh, and I know it's 3 a.m. for you, so I want to get you some sleep. <laughs> sleep is a commodity in the playoffs anyway, you know. But anyway, I'm ready to wrap this one up here. I don't want to admit it, but I am maybe a little bit tired. I'm <laughs> very tired. Once again, thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code Tell It Abs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. If you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave five stars wherever you get your podcast from. We'd really appreciate it. It's a great way to boost the show. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time after Game 5. But until then, let's go Avs.